<laughs> well, Beyond the Valley wasn't successful in year one. We actually lost $1.3 million in the first year. So that was kind of a bit of a rude awakening when I was like 23 years old. Today's conversation is with Tom Core. Tom's the director of Untitled Group and Vitadrop. He's put on some of Australia's most popular festivals and day parties. We talk about being a pioneer in this scene, Beyond the Valley and starting Vitadrop. Uh, thanks for uh, jumping on, Tom, uh, taking a bit of your Monday out for us. That's a pleasure. Um, obviously, uh, it's a bit of an interesting climate now in the music and events industry. Uh, you put on a, a virtual day party over the weekend. Um, how was that and, and how did that come about? Uh, well, it came about just because as soon as this stuff hit and we realised like the magnitude of it and the fact that it is going to be quite a while before events come back. Uh, I don't really want to guess when that's going to be because, you know, it's kind of up in the air and whether the government changes their mind one way or another, um, you know, I can't really speak to that. So we're just doing what we can in the time being and just playing, you know, playing along with each day as it goes. And we just wanted to get something out there that people could enjoy while they're stuck inside their houses. And obviously we've got a good network of DJs that we're familiar with in Melbourne that we book or manage and stuff like that. So we got six of them together this Saturday, um, the headliner being Dom Dollar and then support artists being like Liz Cambridge, who is a very um, pronounced basketball player, as I guess a few of your um, podcast people would probably know. And, um, yeah, we had over 500,000 viewers for this first one. We're still collating the results because we had it across Facebook, Vimeo and Twitch. And so at the moment we're on 500,000, but it looks like it's going to be up towards about 700,000 viewers for the, um, the virtual day party so far. And we just got such a good response from it. People being like, thank you so much for giving us something to do. Like everyone's just been like saying how bored they are at the moment. And it was really cool how, it just really created a community because we had it on Facebook Live. So people are like messaging in, being like, hey, I'm front left and, you know, just joking around and having a good um, good sense of community about it. And I think during this time while everyone's separate, it's really important to give them things that they can experience together, you know, a shared experience because that's obviously so hard right now. So I think that's what led to the success of it. Yeah, and um, I guess going back into the journey um, you know, you're most familiar with or, or most um, people associate uh, Untitled Group and yourself with Beyond the Valley, Pitch um, and For yep. the Love. But going yep. back uh, into the journey, how did you sort of get into the industry, um, get your start? Yeah, so I, all my, me and my business partners, there's five of us that own Untitled Group. We all have 20% each. And then we got together about seven years ago now to run a nightclub in the city called Anyway at the Palace Theatre, uh, which was a huge nightclub. It was like the last super club. We we're doing like 3,000 people a week there. But prior to that, we we're all running different club nights. I was running like Cuba, Prince of Wales. They were running Inflation um, and Roxanne Parlor. And then we all like found ourselves like finishing nights at around the same time. And I just got back from a holiday overseas and ran into my business partners, Mike and Phil at seven nightclub on a Saturday. And they're like, Oh, we've been wanting to um, meet up with you. We want you to help us run um, this new club. We want to do called anyway, at the Palace theater. And I was like, well, that sounds sick. It was like the club that I always wanted to run. And um, we got together, did that. And we were doing that for about 
eight months and then we had the idea to do a New Year's festival which is obviously Beyond the Valley and after we had that idea it was about 16 months later that the first Beyond the Valley happened we kind of just threw ourselves in the deep end we didn't have any idea of how to run a festival like we'd done day like small day parties and the nightclubs and that and we we're just like we knew we could use our connections and from the nightclubs to get it going but it was a lot bigger undertaking than we initially um, realized when we decided to take it up uh, then after beyond the valley we did um, pitch music and arts that was our next one uh, that came about by the there was a festival called Matreya that stopped happening on the weekend that we had pitch and we just saw a gap in the market and we wanted to do another festival and we teamed up with a company called Novel to do Pitch. And then after Pitch, we bought into For The Love and so we run that with a guy called Ben Tucker. After For The Love, we started up uh, Grapevine Gathering and then since Grapevine Gathering, we've just done day parties like the stuff with Solomon, Jamie Jones, you know, getting really unique spaces and popping up parties and, you know, there's a lot of fun in doing that and just you know creating a vibe at these places that you think you'd never see a party in is something that I'm really passionate about and I get a lot of enjoyment out of yeah um you've I guess you've you've heavily influenced uh the music um that my generation your generation listened to so people in their 20s um especially in Australia you know at the major cities um where did that all come about so did you have inspiration from overseas or you always enjoyed that type of music yeah, I've always had like a really eclectic like um, mix of music that I listen to. Like I listen to blues, jazz, rock, um, a bit of everything, like pop. Like I, I love that mix of different genres. It's, I think it's just really fun to go to a festival where you can, you know, whatever mood you're in, you, you sometime in that day you can go experience that kind of music that you want to you want to listen to. And Beyond the Valley was just a great. Um, great way to do that like you know we kind of see it as a mini Coachella having that eclectic lineup and you know getting some like acts that you wouldn't think you'd see like we had a huge response this year having the Veronica's play they had like probably like the, nearly the biggest crowd at after Rufus this year so and people went off there was like full-on mosh pits going while the Veronica's were playing it was just crazy to see the crowd react to a throwback act like that and uh, I think that that's something that Coachella's always done really well is get together like old acts that might have like um, broken up or just you know throwback acts that have got a really huge vibe still and people have that thirst to see them perform because they haven't seen them in like five or ten years or something like that. Yeah and um, obviously a festival doesn't just become successful overnight. There has to be some sort of uh, publicity or generating attention um, for the festival to be successful in year one. Um, How did you go about that? (laughs) Well, Beyond the Valley wasn't successful in year one. We actually lost $1.3 million in the first year. So that was kind of a bit of a rude awakening when I was like 23 years old, losing that much money. I mean, obviously it was split across us, but... um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't a great feeling, but only kind of set in a couple of weeks after the festival because I left the festival the next day. Like we all got heaps of messages from people being like, "This is the best festival ever." Thanks so much for giving us like this experience, even though like it was a bit of a crazy festival because we got smashed with weather. But after the weather passed on the first day, everyone had a really good time. Um, so 
Yeah, like the in terms of the marketing and getting the name out there, we had the nightclub database from doing that club anyway and then the previous clubs. So we just used that, Facebook marketing, Instagram marketing, all that to just get the name out there any way we could and all our personal networks, you know, like I was posting like once a week on my Facebook being like, you know, come down, give us a shot. There's some really funny posts of like the stuff we were using to like try and sell tickets in that first year of Beyond the Valley, you know, because we knew we were going to lose money and we were just like posting things like we've got like flat ground for camping. Definitely the place you need to go for New Year's. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, year two becomes successful and year three, obviously, even more successful. Yeah, year two was successful, but it wasn't a good event. Like a lot of people had a really bad time because we got struck with like three days of 45 degree heat and you just can't get people out of the heat. Like even if you've got shade, it's still like horrible. And the big thing about like heat like that is you can't sleep in your tent for that long. You know, like if you go to bed at like 4 a.m. or something, you're going to be up by like 7 a.m. because as soon as the sun hits the tent, you're, you're sweating. And I remember like when I went to Falls for the last year, just before the first Beyond the Valley, I went to Byron Falls for their first year and they had the exact same thing, like 45 degree heat. And it was like one of the, like it was just such a harsh experience trying to sleep during that heat. So I knew exactly how people were feeling in that second year and a lot of people left enjoying like the music and that but just having a bad experience because of the heat and then in the third year we got good weather and ran a really good event but again we lost like a million dollars because people weren't trusting us and they didn't think that they have a good experience again worried about the weather just worried about like enough shade and all that sort of stuff so in year three we really set about you know fixing up every little thing possible and everyone had a good time and then every year after that it's just been the same thing you know like we focus on the smallest details to really provide a unique experience and something that's comfortable for the patrons like we've still all got lots of friends that come to the event so we hit them up afterwards for their honest feedback you know and that our friends are brutal with us being like this was good this was shit like they don't hold back which is what you need and um during those unsuccessful years one and two uh was your main focus on Beyond the Valley or did you have sort of other day parties and festivals or small festivals or small uh, shows? It was it was just the uh, festival at, for that first couple of years. Um, we were doing the nightclub on Saturdays, and then it was into about after our second year of Beyond the Valley is where we started um, branching into doing smaller day parties and starting to ramp that um, part of our business up. And then after the third year, we started getting into touring artists around Australia. Like we've done some big names now, like we did the Hayden James tour recently, helped out in the Melbourne leg of the Rufus tour, um, got the Mall Rat tour coming up and Crooked Colours tour. And we're getting more and more Aussie artists trusting us with their tours, which is awesome. And why do you think, um, I guess, Australians or, or, or um, people in our generation really enjoy um, that sort of electronic house music because obviously your uh, many of your events are, are predominantly heavy in that genre. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, Beyond the Valley has a wide range of music or a wide range of, of genres, but, you know, the yep. majority of your events are in that space. Yeah. Well, I see, like... I think there's a big audience for that mixed genre kind of festival because you look at pitch and we get double the amount of people at Beyond the Valley than we as we do pitch because it's got that eclectic kind of mix. But, yeah, that big um, electronic house following that you're talking about, I think that comes just from the fact that we 
grew up all doing nightclubs. So we've all got a passion for that kind of music and it's something that we've really built a community around. So it goes really well. And in Melbourne, it's a lot bigger. Like our parties sell out a lot quicker in Melbourne than when we put them on up in Sydney and Brisbane because they haven't had like us there kind of cultivating that sound and that community around that sound for the last seven years. Um, and have you decided to or, or um, have thoughts of, you know, entering other genres, let's say your rap and hip hop that are super popular in America. Um, there's obviously a segment that really enjoy that at home as well. Yeah, interestingly enough, the first tour that we ever did was after our first year of Beyond the Valley, we did Wu-Tang Clan across Australia. And that was the first tour that we ever locked in, which was, um, which was funny. We actually did really well on that. You know, like we broke even on the tour. The Wu-Tang guys had a really good time. Um, all of us five went on the tour with them. And it was a really, really cool experience. Even on like on the last uh, leg of the tour up in Brisbane, they brought us up out onto stage and thanked us all for doing it, and um, which was really, really cool. So, yeah, it's not all about electronic music for us. Like we're definitely looking at touring more R&B and hip hop kind of acts. Like we had Shoreline Mafia come through, which is one of our tours for New Year's this year, just gone. And like I said, we've got more rat coming up. We've got Crooked Colors coming up. Um, yeah, so there's not really, like we're looking at we're into doing all that kind of stuff. Like we're not going, oh, no, we would never do that. Um, but yeah, so I think, it's just been the fact that electronic music has been easier for us, but now we're ready to take on the challenges of doing those other acts. And we've got the database and the audience now that is into those singers, bands, rap, that makes it easier for us to go out and promote a tour like that. And have you spent significant time or I guess research time uh, in other festivals around the world, Burning Man, um, Coachella, to sort of bring back elements of them um yeah to australia after the first year of beyond the valley i went to coachella and one of the things that um i brought back from that first year was just doing influencer marketing because i just saw like how many influencers they obviously had over at coachella and the crazy reach that gets and the engagement so it's something that i worked on for beyond the valley and we've had huge success using um influencers for our marketing across all our festivals now um and then in terms of like stage design, like all that sort of thing, like me and my business partners, yeah, we all go to festivals all around the world, Coachella, Burning Man, um, festivals all across Europe and just see what they're doing and the installations that they have, the activations that they do and just take ideas back from them to Australia and then we modify them to make them unique to us. Like we don't want to go out and see something at a festival and then just replicate that here. We want to put our own unique touch on it. Yeah, um, and you mentioned influencer marketing. Um, yeah. What's the, so for people that aren't familiar, what's the value exchange that uh, you guys have for, for an influencer or someone with attention? Um, yeah, you know, we're, we're, like I've been pretty strict on how we do that. We've never paid any influencers to do marketing for us. We just provide them with a really good experience and, you know, like we'll get that they'll do posts for us in exchange for free tickets and, um, you know, do all the tagging and all that, all that sort of stuff. And there's, you know, definitely people out there that other people look to and they're like, Oh, sweet. If they're going to that festival, like I want to go to that festival. That's like my idol or something like that. And getting those people down definitely has a sway on whether people will trust the brand. And I think that really helped on early on with us is that brand trust is people knowing that this person that they follow and like, 
do whatever they say, they're like, like they're, is vouching for us so that then they'll go with us. Yeah, and um, you had a number of years of, of successful festivals. Um, people were attending a range of your festivals. Were you thinking pre-corona that you needed to make a pivot um, to keep everything fresh? Uh, not a pivot outside of the festival kind of scene. Like we were looking at expanding still on that, um, acquiring some other festivals to bring it under our banner. Uh, obviously COVID's put a stall on those plans, but other things that we're working on in the background, a little bit kind of in the background were started two record labels one called daily nightly and one called all night records daily nightly focuses on your more like alternative kind of music like you got singers live electronic that sort of thing and then all night is for djs so a dj's putting out like electronic house music deep house techno that sort of stuff so we wanted to give australian artists a platform to get their music out there globally and help them to achieve that and then outside of that we'd also been working on a management arm for our business. Uh, the first act that we've signed to that, which happened just prior to COVID, was signing Boo Seeker to the label, um, to management, sorry. And yeah, I've really enjoyed being sinking my teeth into that project. It's been different and working with such an established band has been a cool learning curve. And in three weeks, we've got their first single coming out with us, which is cool. Um, really excited to get that out there. Just today I was on a call with them and our production manager working out like the stage plots for their live shows once that we can actually start touring again. And yeah, I'm really excited to expand that part of our business. But yeah, like I said, no real pivot, but we're just looking at expanding what Untitled is and how many like arms of Untitled there are. And obviously with the success um, and expanding the group, um, you've had to build out a team as well. Uh, outside of just yep. your business partners. How have you gone about, you know, selecting the right uh, talent for employees and, and really knowing people that would um, really help you grow? So at the start, it was just hiring friends and people that we knew um, in the industry. And that was like for our first probably like six, eight kind of hires. And now we've moved on to a more professional system where we go out on LinkedIn and all those kind of platforms, gather like hundreds of expert um, applications, resumes. And then we've got a general manager now. He filters them down and presents us with like the best 10. And then we interview those and go through it like that. And a big thing for us is whether the person's going to fit in with our culture. Um, I feel like, you know, the culture in a business is one of the most important things. You want to go into an office where you want to work there. You want, you're enjoying everyone's company and it's just like a good time. Like, and especially with an events company, a music's company, like having a good time with the people in the office is important because we're all working on these events together. So we're all like spending a fair bit of time with each other. You've got your office time, then like your weekend time. And then if it's an event, we're together the whole event as well on the weekend. So it's really important that everyone gels and gets along. Yeah, and on a personal level for yourself, you obviously have um, another business, Vita Drop. Um, is that yep. outside of Untitled Group for yourself? Yeah, that's outside of Untitled Group for yep. myself. And I do th that with a guy called Charlie Wood, another one called Dan Concannon, and um, my good friend, Dr. Robbie, I'm in. So we've got, uh, and Liz Cambridge is involved in that one as well. So again, we've got like a really cool group for that one. And that's sort of like, um, services people that go to festivals because our first product is a really good for anti-hangover 
<laughs> and uh, how did that come about? That came about with um, Charlie and Dan approached me a couple of years ago with the idea for the first product, the daily and the name Vitadrop. And I was just like, I was pretty hooked instantly, actually. We had one meeting and like we're halfway through and I was like, yeah, I'm in. And they're like, oh, wait, what about the rest of the meeting? I was like, yeah, we'll still do it, but like, I'm in. And they were like, oh, okay, sick. But yeah, I just had a lot of faith in the product and I really wanted to get into um, something that was outside of music. Like I love music, but I also love learning and learning about a business like product manufacturing like that has just been so interesting for me. And I much prefer learning while doing instead of learning in a book like I dropped out of uni to follow my like business pursuits and I'm so glad that I did that because I just found that uni I wasn't learning what I practically thought I would need for real life in the course that I was doing I'm not saying that applies for all courses it definitely doesn't but uh yeah I'm really glad with my choice on that was that uh the course you were doing was that aligned to on a pathway for the music and events industry or something totally different? It was hotel, restaurant and catering management because I really, I'd still have a dream one day of owning like a resort or a hotel. It'd be, I think it'd be really cool. Um, but yeah, I was doing my electives in that, in events. And then with the electives, like in events, it's what kind of like tweaked, tweaked it for me. Like everything I was learning in those like subjects, I was just like, I was already doing the nightclub stuff and I was like, I already like, this stuff doesn't even apply to the nightclub stuff. It's not going to apply to events. And, um, yeah, just like I said, I just didn't think it was going to relate to the real world. Yeah, uh, that's uh, what most people say, I guess, on the job training <laughs> better than in the books. Um, yeah, exactly. I don't learn very well from books. Like if I'm, sit if I'm told to sit there and, like, learn something for a book, I'm just like, oh, this is like hell for me. But if yeah. someone's standing there explaining it to me on the job, I love it and I absorb everything. Yeah, and with VitaDrop, um, have you seen uh, a rapid success because you've been able to align with your festivals and really use that attention and leverage? Um, no, I wouldn't say we've seen a huge increase because of the festivals. I think the biggest thing for us has been getting our digital marketing right. Um, we brought on a guy earlier this year who's just an absolute genius with digital marketing through Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. The festivals have been really good for brand awareness though. So people have seen the brand a couple of times, then they're now seeing our digital marketing. And um, yeah, since he's come on the side of this year, the product's been flying. Um, I'm in the process of finishing up a second product that we're going to do called the nightly. So it'll be a powder that you take before you go to sleep to help you sleep better. And something that, um, when I signed on with Charlie and Dan, I was just like, I want to do a sleep product because I've I've had often had points in my life where I really struggle getting to sleep or switching off, and so it's something I was quite passionate about. And just been like product testing that the last few weeks from the formulation that our um, doctor did, and it's been going really really well. Yeah, I guess um, now we're in a super interesting time in April 2020. We've talked about how things have been going for you prior to that um yeah moving forward how do you see the events and and music industry looking um you've already put on a day party um over the weekend and, and how do you see i guess a small business such as vitadrop um going moving forward vitadrop's in a really good spot because during times like this it 
vitamin companies don't really get affected by this sort of thing. People are really have health at the forefront of their mind. So you, often you'll see vitamin companies after a recession or during a recession actually get an increase in sales because people are more picky with what they spend their money on and their discretionary funds usually go more towards stuff like vitamins. So vitamins is yeah a safe thing to be in during a time like this. Um, and in terms of the music and festival industries moving forward? Uh, I think it post this, there's going to be a lot of people that'll end up leaving the industry. Uh, we definitely have no intentions of leaving the industry. It's just depends how long this goes for and how long the event bans stand and whether there's um, a ban on people coming into Australia because it's going to be very difficult to get artists to agree to come to Australia, spend two weeks in quarantine when they come here, do their shows, then spend two weeks in quarantine when they come home. So I think one thing that consumers and festival fans are just going to need to be lenient on with us is just the fact that you can see you might be seeing all Aussie lineups for like maybe the next year or so just before people can actually start coming back into the country. It doesn't mean the show is going to be any worse. It just means that you're not going to get your fix of those international artists. We'll, we're obviously planning like as soon as the bands are lifted and it's deemed safe for us to put on events, we'll be putting on event as soon as possible after that. Perfect. Well, uh, that's great news for everyone. <laughs> um, in terms of, I guess, just finishing up, um, what do you like what sort of advice would you give someone that you know wants to enter the music and events industry um whether they're whether they're from straight from university or whether they you know uh, are an athlete or, or someone in business that wants to pivot into that industry yeah i think um it's hard like i get asked that question a fair bit by people that go to uni and then me explaining that i dropped out and i kind of started it off the back of being in nightclubs doesn't give them that much hope but what i would say is like it's just important to go get experience and start working at festivals whether you need a volunteer at the start um or just get your foot in the door anyway find like what you're passionate about inside a festival and then because it could be like staging lighting sound could be like working in the marketplace area food and beverage like there's all sorts of different elements to a festival and i'd suggest like trying to think about what you'd really enjoy doing in the festival and then finding out like who runs that area in the festival and then seeing if you can get some work with them and learn about that area and see if that's what you want to do like if that's not it, it might be a management role, find out who's doing the particular management role that you're after because there's quite a few different managers across a whole festival. So, yeah, just try and be specific in what you want when you're, like, talking to someone about getting a job in a festival and it makes it the easiest because in the end you want to be doing something that you enjoy. Perfect, yeah. Um, and I guess uh, a point to sort of sign off on, uh, where can people sort of uh, check out your festivals or, or check out yourself? Um, is it through socials or a website? Yeah, so for me personally, it's just Instagram, my Instagram, which is just at TomCaw, T-O-M-C-A-W. And then for Untitled Group, just head to our website, which is untitledgroup.com.au. And that's got all our festivals, all our events, links to everything, all our tours, past events, management. Um, yeah, so that's just your one-stop shop, really. Perfect, mate. Well, uh, hopefully this all blows over really quickly and we can um, get back to one of your festivals, mate. So I appreciate you jumping on. Yeah. Yeah, let me know next time you're coming to one of our events and we'll have a drink. Yeah, for sure.